This is the LCJ Q&A podcast, brand new DreamWorks animated movie in theaters this Friday, June 4th, Spirit Untamed. Elaine Bogan, the director, is joining me now here on the podcast. How are you, Elaine? I'm good, Jackson. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I have this memory of when I was about four or five at a summer camp looking at the TV they had outside under the cabana and seeing the first Spirit movie, Stallion of the Cimarron. What is your first memory of seeing that film? Um, it might be a little bit similar. I think I actually, when I first saw that movie, I was in my dad's Thunderbird at a drive-in theater, sitting with the car turned around backwards. In the, and I was sitting in the trunk with the trunk lid open with my legs hanging over the side watching the movie outside. Wow, that is awesome. I do <laughs> I do voice work for two drive-ins here in upstate New York that have been around for more than 50 years. And we love the drive-ins here. And I can't wait for them to have Spirit Untamed because families are going to go to this and love it. I think, uh, you know, a drive-in theater will be the perfect place to watch this movie because it'll feel like you're right outside in the wilderness with the girls galloping around, you know? That's right. And it's epic. It's got epic moments and fun moments and, and really cool animation. And we'll get into all of that here. This is a reimagining and expansion of the origin story from the Spirit Riding Free television series that's been very successful on Netflix for the past few years. What were your ultimate goals with this new interpretation of the story? Yeah, uh, I guess some of our biggest goals were, you know, creating a story that both felt believably related to the ready existing spirit world, but that would bring something new, big and cinematic with scope enough for the big screen and exciting enough that would relate to existing spirit fans, but also to newcomers. Yeah, it is big. You're right about that in that scope and that feel. I did watch it at home, but you're going to get that on the big screen. No question about that. I can't and, wait to get back to a theater. Oh, yes. I just went on Mother's Day to see In the Heights. And that was the first time I'd been in an indoor theater in about eight months. And it was Amazing. great to be back and see a musical on the big screen. And, and families are going to safely enjoy this in the theaters as well. And what's really cool is that with this film, you work with the series creator of Spirit Riding Free, Ori Wallington. Did you feel like it was unique for her and for you to go back into this world? I mean, it's, it's not often that somebody gets a, a second chance to kind of dive into something and expand it. Yeah, I think for me, I, I mean, I can speak for myself, it was extremely important that we had her voice attached to the project, especially at such an early stage. I wasn't involved in the making of either the first film or the TV series. So I really wanted to service the fans because there are so many of them and tell a story that that they could buy into and believe that it came from the same the same heart. And or that's what Ori brought for us. She brought all of the the relatable characters and the authenticity and the you know the themes of friendship and adventure and just being who you are. That these are all really great things that we wanted to bring from the TV series and deeply infuse into the development of our story. And and working with Ori was just uh, I don't think we could have done it without her. <laughs> The themes are so special. You're, you're absolutely right about that. And what really impresses me are our three main characters, Lucky, Abigail, and Prue. They're so likable. They're instantly likable. And what a great team they are. How did you and when did you fall in love with these girls? Oh, from the very beginning. <laughs> I think what is awesome about the journey that these three girls go on 
it becomes something unique watching a cast of three young women all setting out on a goal that seems impossible and wanting it in the deepest of their hearts to to be successful but they all get there because they're working together as a team they're not competing to get there first or before the other one they're all helping each other succeed and i think we need a little, we need more stories about women supporting women and even stories about women told by women it was it, it was imperative to us that because we were telling this story about empowering young women to achieve the impossible that we tried to recreate that on our own casting crew in order to be able to tell a very authentic feeling story that would reach a lot of audience members and it's especially through the diverse cast of characters we have hopefully it's you know it just broadens out and every person in that audience can at least deeply deeply connect to at least one person on that screen they're going to identify with someone. They're going to identify with a scene, a situation going on. They absolutely will. And I love that this cast, and especially you've got Jake Gyllenhaal. Now, Jake Gyllenhaal is one of those actors who is just fascinating to watch in every single movie that he's in. And even the behind the scenes talking about how he gets into a character. Was he as fascinating and passionate to watch and to dissect how he delivers lines like, I am the train. I feel like him delivering that line was quite something. Absolutely. I mean, even from the beginning, with the very first recording session with Jake, what we want, because we were bringing in all of these extremely high caliber actors, we hired them because they're who they are and they're brilliant at what they do. So initially when, you know, when we had first started having recording sessions was we allowed them to bring every weird, awesome, funny, sad idea they had to the table. And they started shaping their characters and the scenes that with us. So the story became something that was a part of everybody. It wasn't just lines on a page that they would come in and read. They came in and created these characters in the room. It's why we hired them because they're so good at it. I wish I could show you the lipstick camera of Jake reading the I am the train line. I think we we ended up with something like 50 takes of that one little line. And it took us a very long time to choose which one was our favorite because they were, you know, I don't know how many different ways somebody can say I am the train, but there were 50 different ways that day. It was amazing. Elaine, you got to find that video and put it on Twitter because <laughs> it will, it will go viral instantly. <laughs> I'm sure Everyone. it would. Yes. Everybody wants to see Jake Gyllenhaal do that. Yeah. You, you got a, you got a great cast. Isabella Merced from uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. You've also got Walton Goggins from The Unicorn, who's terrific in this as the bad guy. And in looking at the closing credits of the film, there are a couple of things that stand out to me. Number one is that you work with the L.A. Equestrian Center and the West Coast Equine. I'm sure to get the horse details just right, a lot of research went into that. Yes, absolutely. Right when we started production, I was adamant about bringing all my story artists and some of the animators over to the LA Equestrian Center. Because, well, for me, I've, you know, I've been an equestrian since I was a really young kid. So there's a lot of life experience that I was so excited to try and infuse into the relationship between Lucky and Spirit. But I mean, I've always tried but trying to communicate to someone and tell somebody what it's like to finally form a bond with a 1200 pound creature who doesn't speak your language and could probably, you know, just shove you around if he wanted to. 
to, to form a bond like that, it's, I can't describe it in words. So the only way I knew how was to bring them all with me and, and have them see a glimpse of that interaction and why that the, the reason that was so important to me is that you can't tell a story if it doesn't feel authentic, like it's come from li- real life experience. And, and to be able to give that to somebody who was going to help us create this movie was really imperative. Mm. Yeah. So years and years of experience in that field really hang off at assistance with that. That's great to, to make that happen. One of the other things I noticed is the dedication in the film to Kelly Asbury. Kelly was on the LCJ Q&A podcast twice with Smurfs The Lost Village and Ugly Dolls, and I really enjoyed chatting with him. He was so passionate about the world of animation. What did Kelly Asbury mean to you? He was a a hero. I think I've been at DreamWorks for, I don't want to tell you how long, a long time. Um, (laughs) So when I first started, Kelly was one of the mentors I sort of latched onto. And he is actually, Kelly was my coach in learning how to pitch a scene. For me, pitching a scene at that time in front of a room full of 20 people was a living nightmare. Um, it was like, you know, waking up in the middle of a dream and realizing you don't, you don't know where you are. But um, Kelly just had such a, an incredible nurturing side to him that made you want to try anything, even though you were completely terrified he could, because he had that confidence himself. Him passing away sort of half a, a part of the way through our production meant a lot to a lot of people. And it was important to us that we, we um, represented and paid homage to him because he was such a massive part of the beginning of the spirit world. Mm. Yeah, he made so many great animated films and had such warmth and, and again, passion and, and really enjoyed chatting with him and glad he had such an influence on you and the DreamWorks family. Elaine Bogan is my guest right now on the LCJ Q&A podcast, Spirit Untamed in theaters. I think going to be a big hit this Friday, June 4th. This is your feature directorial debut, a big DreamWorks animated movie, Universal putting it out in theaters nationwide with a well-known brand of Spirit. What surprised you the most? about taking on a feature film? Oh, it's, um, you know, it was so incredibly exciting. And I was really happy to be able to utilize a lot of the experience I had collected directing in TV. But I don't think anything necessarily prepares you for the scope and the, uh, the scale of taking on a feature film. When I first started, I, when I learned I was being paired up with my producer, Karen Foster, I knew I was going to be okay because Karen actually was the very first producer I ever worked on an actual production with on, uh, at DreamWorks as a story artist trainee. I was just a little baby learning how to storyboard scenes. And the first production I was put on was under Karen Foster. So it kind of feels like I've come full circle. Her and I have, have gone through this cycle where now we're creating a story together. And it was a really amazing experience. So we walked into the Spirit Untamed production together, knowing the challenges we were up against, but we didn't really because months in, quarantine hit and we were all sent home. So we all thought we knew what we were doing at the beginning, but then a part way through, we had to really problem solve and work through the challenges of what is it even, how do people make a feature film from home? So there was a lot of learning as we did, we were driving the plane as we were building it, so to speak. And you made it happen. You made it very much happen. And I love, in terms of the animation itself, 
the lights and the shadows. You play a lot with light and shadows. There's a scene with shadows and the three girls, and there's also this gorgeous moment um, with Lucky and Spirit riding atop this certain area towards the end of the film, and it's in the trailer as well, and it's just gorgeous. You know, it was a big goal of mine up front as the, you know, the visual director of the film to utilize every single element in the film to tell a story, you know, not just by the characters walking around saying things, telling us the story, but by use of the evolution of color to follow Lucky's emotional journey or the evolution of design from going from grandpa's cold, straight, vertical, horizontal mansion into the organic curving warm designs of being out in the wild and you know light and shadow did also play a very big role and our production designer just dove in and when i gave him the challenge of okay i'm gonna i'm i'll be over here in this element telling this story now you do the same in your own voice and uh he he just loved the creativity of that and and now for me when i watch the movie every single shot every single scene in that movie speaks to one of the crew members having a creative part in telling our story and it's it's a it's a great feeling yeah and you're right about the curves because uh the main street of the town there's that sweeping shot we go down that street and i really like that i'm always a sucker for the old-fashioned town and and the the setup like that so that that must have been a cool shot to do as well yeah that was probably one of the most difficult ones uh it's the longest i think it's the longest shot in our movie if not the second longest and uh as you know cg animation you you tend to want to keep the shots a little shorter for technical reasons but that one was one we felt really strongly about because there are parts in the movie we really wanted to evoke that sense of being out there in the west and in the wild and a chance to calm down and be still and just watch the environments unfold Mm -hmm. um and that i think became a little bit of a voice in the movie too as far as style Yeah, yeah. You've already received the Heartland Truly Moving Picture Award for the movie, and we're doing this a couple weeks before the movie opens. So they get the movie that early. That's that's great. And to receive that honor uh, this early is fantastic. It's amazing. We can't believe it. It's just such a beautiful way to be recognized so early on in the in the films leading up to release and to know before the movie comes out that it has it's already touched some people's heartstrings means everything. And like, whoo, takes a lot of pressure off, you know? And uh, we just couldn't be more honored and more thankful to the, the Heartland Society. It's exciting. You talked a little bit earlier about that this movie is going to inspire people of all ages. The fact I think in thinking about this movie that this is couldn't really inspire young girls to get into animation and get into directing animated films. Has that sunk in yet? That as much as Kelly Asbury was an inspiration to you, you're going to be an inspiration to so many, especially young girls with animation. I mean, I am so, so excited to be a part of that. Uh, if, if it inspires one young person to get out there and do what they want to do, I'm so proud. Stories about women told by women are important. And it was a big goal for us that because we were out there telling this story about three young women supporting each other to achieve the impossible, it was so important to us that we at least try to be authentic and and recreate that environment on our own cast and crew behind the scenes. Mm. Um, And by way of doing that, hopefully we've created a story that is a lot more visually and emotionally authentic and reaches the audience in that in that way. You're going to do that. You absolutely will. Elaine Bogan, 
Thank you for your time today. Thanks for being on the LCJ Q&A and congrats on Spirit Untamed. Uh, Jackson, it was so nice chatting with you. Thank you so much. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For more, go to lights-camera-jackson.com and Twitter at LCJ Reviews. Go see Spirit Untamed in theaters this Friday, June 4th. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. <laughs>